the Paradise Paradox. My name's Kurt Robbins and... Thank you. My name's Adam Battle. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the, the music industry, how corrupt and inside out, twisted, back to front, wearing its underpants in, inside out is the, the music industry, and at least up to the, the internet era. We'll go through how, how things worked, how they were shifting the numbers, swapping the numbers around, getting people to buy the records, manipulating you into thinking things which you didn't previously and becoming a, a criminal going out to the streets and robbing people. Great. Is that, is that a good summary? <laughs> I'm trying to think. What, I'm trying to grasp what i got left. Um, music can, can uh, control your emotional state. These yeah. guys control music. Yeah. You're not free. You're a music industry slave like everybody else. You were born in the music industry. You're so... Michael Jackson's boy toy, and you didn't even know it. Heal the world? No, heal your soul, because you are trapped in a world beyond control. The music industry. So let yourself to free and cut your ears off. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> to the pain. Okay. <laughs> no, but we, we go into all, kinds, all types of uh, fraud that goes on the music industry. Yeah. A few examples. Maybe a conspiracy theory. They're always fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And um, we bring up some nice articles, you know, that help illustrate our point. Yeah. To prove to you that we actually know what we're talking about. All right, so let's let's uh, let's get into it in well, in a moment. Let me tell you some messages from our sponsors. Well, head, head on over head on over to Twitter. I'm at Triple Bubble. I'm at Battle Az, and you can jump onto YouTube and hit subscribe, hit hit like on on our videos, or hit dislike if you hate them. And uh, go on to Pocket Cast, press subscribe, Podcast Addict, press subscribe, iTunes, press subscribe, leave a review, uh, type in your, your name backwards so it conjures your, yourself as a spiritual demon from, from a close by interim world plane. And uh, go to theparadiseparadox.com. You can look through a lot of our old episodes there. Still funky, still fresh. You wouldn't even believe that some of them were released in 2014. They're, st- they're still that amazing, like fresh off the rack, um, beautiful, crispy sounds that ready to hit your eardrums. And you see at the top, or you go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com, you can leave us a, a little tip there. Uh, show us some support. Show, show us your love. We're putting a lot of effort in. We're, we're improving. We're, we're stepping up our game. We do need you to help us out a little bit so we can do it even better and make, make things super cool, super fresh for you. So head to donate.theparadiseparadox.com and you can do that. And you'll notice on theparadiseparadox.com, there's a, there's a shop Amazon link. So you can head through, uh, buy some stuff off Amazon, have a little shop, a window shop. Think about what, what you want to buy your, your daughter for Christmas Maybe uh, the Backstreet Boys' new album. If they had a new album, you could buy it off Amazon, but they don't, so probably don't buy that. And I guess that's everything, isn't it? <laughs> I'm excited. Let's All right. get into it. Cool.
So the thing about music is yeah, we like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to start off with the deep, profound, insightful commentary on uh, human psychology. Yeah. It, it can move you, yeah. inspire you. Yeah. It, it can lift you out of the, the dumps of those Tuesday mornings, not going to work. Crank up the radio. Yeah. On the way to the office. Or from those old Cobra meetings, walking <laughs> into um, what, 10 a.m. disco. Yeah. It's Speaking good. Mu- music, sound system. Music's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot, of, there's a lot that goes, goes on behind the scenes that maybe is a bit suspicious. Uh, so we, we have a look, a look through some articles and, and trying to figure out what the story is with the music industry. And you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of corruption, a lot of dirty business uh, that goes on or that went on. Um, so it's yeah. So we're just gonna we're gonna try to talk about mute the music industry before the internet, and then and then we'll try to get into uh, what started to change when the when the music came along in the in in the next episode. So I'm assuming most people are like me mm. and they, they listen to music. They've got their favorite music, mm. favorite top songs. But I never thought about, you know, artists and how much money they're making and how all that works out. And, and the, I didn't even know what a, what a publisher was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, why would you? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> not, not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Until now. Now I'm interested. Hmm. Another day in the school office. <laughs> in the school office. Is yeah. that where you go to work? I, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I mean, you know, I'm learning. The, today, it's been a big day. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sitting here researching and reading, reading articles for like five hours. Yeah. Uh, three hours. Um, so so this, is a, this is an article. This was from 1992. Uh, Steve Albini. Uh, engineer, producer, well, he prefers to call himself a, a, a sound engineer, but many people give him the title producer. Like, he's, he's, uh, he's a rather humble man. Basically, he says, you know, I just come into the studio and press a button and the band does the rest. Um, and he actually refuses to take a percentage of royalties. He's just he's that kind of guy. He's like, no, you know, just give me a flat fee because I'm just... I'm just uh, Providing my service, and I'm, I'm just here to press the buttons, and, and away it goes. Um, most famously known for recording in Utero, the, the Nirvana album, and he wrote this. He wrote this article back in 1992, the problem with music, and I just want to read out this first paragraph because this is this is uh, some uh, high quality writing. It's like you know, could this could be something from a Bukowski novel or something? Um, this is it. Whenever I talk to a band who are about to sign with a major label, I always end up thinking of them in a particular context. I imagine a trench about four feet wide and five feet deep, maybe 60 yards long, filled with runny, decaying shit. I imagine these people, some of them good friends, some of them barely acquaintances, at one end of this trench. I also imagine a faceless industry lackey at the other. 
at the other end holding a fountain pen and a contract waiting to be signed. Nobody can see what's printed on the contract, it's too far away. And besides, the shit stench is making everybody's eyes water. The lackey shouts to everybody that the first one to swim the trench gets to sign the contract. Everybody dives in the trench and they struggle furiously to get to the other end. Two people arrive simultaneously and begin wrestling furiously, clawing each other and dunking each other under the shit. Eventually, one of them capitulates and there's only one contestant left. He reaches for the pen, but the lackey says, Actually, I think you need a little more development. Swim again, please. Backstroke. And he does, of course. So, that's... (laughs) That's Steve Albini's impression of the music industry in 1992 and probably for for quite a while before that. So, <laughs> nothing Brilliant. to say. Yeah, well, you said it all. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what can I say? These, these guys have this dream and, yep. uh, you know, they're, they're dragged through a trench of shit in this case mm. and uh, maybe, maybe literally for some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I haven't that, heard of it. Is, is that how the music industry works in Japan, like a reality TV show? Hey, you're going to swim through this trench of shit and you might win a music contract. That's a Japanese idol. I'd be more interested in watching German that. idol or something. I, I'd, I'd watch it. For German a porn idol. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. They go, it's hard work. I think that's what he's saying, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't. I don't imagine that. Well, being... uh, okay, he's not just saying it's hard work. He's saying it's 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 dirty, disgusting work. And then when you think you you've actually got somewhere, um, you you haven't, uh, and you have to you have to compete to get this contract, which you don't know what it is. You don't even know what the prize is that you're going to get, and you have to do all these disgusting things to get there. And uh, in in the rest of the article, he goes through, he he gives you some real examples about uh, what would actually, what kind of figures you you would actually get uh, if you do get that recording contract, or if you did back in in 92. Uh, And it it doesn't work out very well. So it's like you get get this big advance, maybe it's a, a quarter million dollars, uh, in another example that, that uh, in, in Courtney Love's article, she goes through and, and gives this example with a million dollars. But then things come in, the, 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 the drum doctors come in and they tune the drums. They give you, you buy a new drum kit, you buy some new guitars and, and you pay for the producer and you pay for the studio time. Uh, these, these studios probably owned by the record labels and so you, you're actually paying them. You got this advance, which is it's it's like a loan, but uh, it's similar to a loan, except if you, if you don't actually um, make the sales, you don't you don't actually have to pay the the loan back. But if <laughs> if you if you do have a successful album, well, chances are you you probably won't make any more than than the advance. Uh, so that's the problem with the system. Because they're they're lending you the, all this money, then they're charging you for all these services, uh, and then at the end, maybe you're lucky to get some crumbs. Yeah, it's it's um, devastating. 
I, I can't think of any examples right now, but I mean, you know, you see, you see artists upset yeah. sometimes, and it's, it's not. I mean, that wasn't that wasn't new to me, but I didn't imagine that was everybody, mm. except you know, most of the time to keep you know because next next album's going to be better, right? Mm. And they can do it because there's, there's always going to be more artists that want to that want to get in that trench. Yeah, like yeah. it's a constant flow of of new talent. Yeah, yeah. So it's competitive industry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I guess for a long time that they that uh, people had this concept that. Uh, or musicians had this concept that you know you get you get signed to a label and then you really make it, and you know the the label is going to pr- produce you and 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 market your your product and and everything's going to go great for you. But then the thing things started to change. It people uh, musicians started to clue on to this, and Steve Albini describes where the the A and R comes to see you. But you you think it's going to be this this greasy sneaky uh, middle aged man in a business suit, but actually he's this uh, like a twenty five year old kid uh, wearing a band shirt, and and uh, and you're like, oh, this this guy seems like us. He's one of us, you know. And he's been to your shows, and he he knows he knows your stuff. And in the end, it turns out this A and R is kind of a well, he's. He's he's probably genuine when he tells you these things, but actually he's getting he he's he believes in the record label, but the record label is actually there to screw you. So he's been kind of scammed as well, or he's been taken for a ride. Uh, so you pro- again, you projected this nice image, but it's 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 all fake. There's nothing behind it. Yeah, it must be it must be tough. I mean, you get this big check up front. Everyone, yeah. everyone treats you great. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, your number one fan. You go with it. You go. You go with the flow. And yeah. uh, in the in the article that that Love wrote, it's like you know you enjoy the ride, and it's great. You know, you hear yourself on the radio. You, you think you you know you you made it. Mm. Um, and then uh, then you end up with uh, with debt. Mm. And nothing. Yeah. Or you know a little, a little bit just to survive, like a uh, like so, a kind of a min, minimum wage. Uh, you know, I, I think Albini describes it as you know you'd be better off working as a checkout chick or something. <laughs> That's the for the kind of money that you're making. Uh, so yeah, the artists don't have a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, bargaining power in this case, and yeah. Well, I, I remember uh, listening to an interview with Immortal Technique. So, what happened with him was uh, he he had he had some songs that he'd recorded or an album he'd recorded, and he went around to all these major labels, and and he's like, "Well, you know, this is my thing. This is what I do. This political hip hop, conscious hip hop, uh, talking about." corruption and establishments and and stuff like that and they're like no man you know we don't go in for that kind of stuff that's not that's not what's selling with the kids this political stuff not not cool uh but then when tech started uh hustling on his own and and he started to to make some significant sales on his own that all of a sudden they start coming back to him and they're like well uh how about signing with us uh but by that stage he was like not nah, fuck you guys, <laughs> and he set up his own label, Viper Records, and and uh, actually, I think the guy does quite well because it seems like he 
well, he hardly ever puts out an, an album these days, but the last album he put out, he he just released for free. Uh, and it's just pretty good, actually. The Martyr is pretty good. Um, you can download it for free. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of cool because this guy, this the the guy is like at, at the start of his album, he's like, you know, burn this for all your friends, download it, whatever. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, it's kind of like the opening track. Yeah, sweet. But yeah. what's um, other than just promotion and, and and getting his music out? Was there another angle? Like, was there some? Was there another way that he was? Because I mean, that's, that's obviously not his first music. But I mean, to do that, I mean, the music industry looks at that like, like they, they want to make money off you. <laughs> Forget about it. This is a guy that's giving away his music. We yeah. can't. We can't make money here. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they were thinking like that. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe they've given up on him. I don't know. Oh, they would have. Um, they would have had to. No, but I, I, what, what I mean is. When they came back to him and said, all right, um, yeah, maybe we can work out something or, you know, maybe we should reconsider. Mm. Um, looking at him giving away his music now, obviously he wouldn't have been able to do that if, they, if he was signed. Oh, I, see, I see your point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, there's, so no, there's again, no freedom to make that call. Exactly, exactly. So he has a lot more freedom because of that. So I guess that's a, that's a, that's a path that a lot of artists will take. But we'll, yeah, I, I guess we'll talk about that next time but uh let's see here's an here's an interesting article i i search for corruption in the music industry or something like that and this is this is what came up on hiphopisred.com the secret meaning that changed rap music and destroyed a generation was it after you looked that up that you told me we better make this a double episode <laughs> or before I, I, I guess uh, <laughs> uh, that that had something to do with it because it, you you start scratching the surface and you see how how crazy this this shit starts to get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so it's 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 pretty wild. Um, this is let's see. Here's, here's a little extract for you. Um, so it's describing this like a secret business meeting. Uh, now this is an anonymous letter, so, so like 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 I was saying uh, to to you, Aaron, earlier, like this could be real, this could be a hundred percent fake. Uh, nobody really knows. There's no way to confirm it, but you know, it's a kind of circumstantial thing where we say, yeah, this is quite plausible. Mm. Um, so so he's describing this uh, working as some some kind of executive or you know marketing director A and R whatever in in the music industry presumably for a ma- major label and he gets contacted by someone and and this some secretive uh, agency or secretive uh, corporation um, that that never actually gives him their full names. Um, they they bring him and a couple of his colleagues or a couple of um, reps from from other companies from other major labels, and they sit them down in a room. And this this is what happens. He told us that since our employers had become silent investors in this prison business, it was now in their interest to make sure that these prisons remained filled. Our job would be to help make this happen by marketing music which promotes criminal behaviour. Rap being the music of choice. 
He assured us that this would be a great situation for us because rap music was becoming an increasingly profitable market for our companies and as an employee, would also be able to buy personal stocks in these prisons. Immediately, silence came over the room. You could have heard a pin drop. I remember looking around to make sure I wasn't dreaming and saw half of the people with dropped jaws. My daze was interrupted when someone shouted, Is this a fucking joke? At this point... Things became chaotic. Two of the men who were part of the unfamiliar group grabbed the man who shouted out and attempted to remove him from the house. A few of us, myself included, tried to intervene. One of them pulled out a gun and we backed off. And then he goes on and, and says how they were, they were kind of muscled around and, and, and got, uh, got pushed out of the room and then he couldn't really ever talk about it again because they'd signed a, a confidentiality agreement. Um... Yeah, just, just another day in the office, right? <laughs> I guess so. At Business a, at deals, a opportunity yeah. for investment, <laughs> maybe a little wine. Hmm. Um, okay, I haven't. Today was the first time I read that. I read yeah. that little story, but I, I'm, I'm aware of that conspiracy. Like I've, I've come across it before, and you kind of you hear it, and you're like, "There's no way that's too involved." There's no way they could have pulled that off. But, I mean, you're not talking about one person or, or like, you're not talking about the whole industry. Mm. But the way that, I mean, as we're, we're scratching the surface on corruption and fraud and just the, the dodginess of the music industry, mm. like, now I'm thinking that's 100%. Like, okay, maybe that guy never went. Maybe he heard it from a friend. Maybe, yep. maybe it wasn't that night, it wasn't that house, it wasn't those people exactly. But that event, that event happened. And it may have happened many times. Mm. Because you start adding factors in, like the, uh, this war on drugs and the mm. fact that there's so many people that are in jail for, yep. for crimes that, that soon wouldn't even be a crime. Or at the moment, you know, in many states of the US, wouldn't be a crime anymore. Yeah. And there's people in there doing some serious time, you know, building the, the size of these jails. Yeah. And it's like there's, there's too many factors to say that uh, it's, just a, it's just a funny story or it's just a joke. Mm. And people do invest in prisons. Mm. Like, you know, th- these aren't government prisons that the government could spend their money on, on better things or, you know, private events. These, these are like privately owned prisons People are invested in them. It's like it's, it's in their interest to have to pay other people or to ask favors from other people to, to grow this incentive, to grow this business, which they've invested in so they can get better revenue. And using the, the music industry, I mean, it was, it was middle, middle of 2000s. It was pretty heavy. Like hip hop was like maybe just guessing, like, you know, four out of the five top, you know, top 40 songs. Right. Like yeah, hip hop was it, like it was really coming up. Yeah, hip hop was the well, hip hop, um, gangster rap, or, or just like urban music. Yeah, of, of all types was like but this is um, predominant. So, so according to this source, it is actually, actually the uh, the the meeting took place in 1991. So, go, going back a bit, I mean, gang, gangster rap was was. Uh, Started to take over. I mean, you know, hip hop didn't really come into full swing, like go into the mainstream in, until 
around, you know, the late 90s to early 2000s. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's like it doesn't take a, it, it doesn't take a, a, a genius to say, hey, how can we influence kids so they perform criminal actions? Well, kids listen to music. Let's go for the music. <laughs> so, you know, it's like two plus two equals four kind of thing. Uh, not a hard decision to make, I guess, uh, if if you're low on moral fiber and, you know, you already have this these uh, kind of twisted incentives of, uh, of locking more and more people up. But the safe ground here is to, to say it's just a coincidence. How can... How can you know these people um, manipulate the the top charts? What's popular? Like the people choose what's popular. <laughs> Why is this music popular all of a sudden? <laughs> it's not like we have anything to do with that. You, you know what I mean? Like right. how how does music become popular, and why is it one type of music and not other types of music? Um, I mean, I, I just assume that you know everything's legit, right? Right. I just assume that you know what's popular is because the majority of people uh, enjoy it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't really think that's how that works. Uh, I don't anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, people will like things uh, just because they're exposed to them more. I mean, I'm, I'm sure many people had this experience where they're in a club and uh, it's been like five songs in a row that they don't recognize and then the sixth song comes on and they're like, hey, I, I like this one and they start dancing and then they realize, oh, it's actually uh, Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears or something. something. Oh, Justin Bieber, <laughs> baby, yeah. baby. Like baby, 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 oh, up. <laughs> so, can, the, can we cut that? Okay. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> so, so the thing is, just because it's familiar, it seems good. That's like a. That's like this basic uh, psychological concept. Like, just uh, yeah, just just out of virtue of being able to be recognized, it, it seems like it's it's something good. Uh, like if you're at a party and you, you you don't recognize anybody, and then you see you see somebody maybe who you actually didn't really like from high school, and you're like, oh, I'm not alone here, and you go talk to them even though you hate their guts or something. You know that kind of thing happens. You so, wave them over without even realizing who they were exactly. Like they look familiar, and yeah. all of a sudden now you're shaking hands and saying hello. Yeah, and you know you can deny it all you want. You can say no, I, I'm. I'm more conscious than that. I know what I like and what I don't like. And it's like, sure, think hard enough and you'll find an example. Mm, mm. Yeah. So just the the thing is first they, you know, these record companies put this music out and then they find ways to manipulate the charts. And they've been doing this apparently for, for a long time. I, I dug up this article from uh, Neil Strauss. This is like from, from 1996 and he was describing some of the ways that the, the record companies manipulate the charts. And, uh, I mean, I have heard that they they used to do things like go into record stores and, and buy their own records. Um, I mean, why not? Because it's, it's 
pretty easy to do. Um, um, you do it, say, when a single gets released, say you get a, a single released on Thursday and uh, you get people going out to the record stores. Uh, they, go, they go out and and buy them. You, you know, you pay them like, you know, seven five dollars an hour back back in those days, I guess, to to to, um, to buy the record uh, from several stores, and uh, then you you receive the record again at your warehouse or something like that, and, and it it puts up the numbers, and then people call record stores and uh, like from um, let's see, I don't think it was let's see before before SoundScan, so. The Billboard magazine charts. They used to call up uh, record stores and say, "How many copies of this single did you sell?" And, and they would say, "How many?" And you know that's how they got their numbers. Or the the other, I mean, I guess the more direct way is just you go into a record store and say, "Hey, we just released a single. Here is uh, uh, a a jam basket or something, you know." Whatever they like, a box of chocolates, a, a new washing machine, whatever they need, maybe even cash. Why, you know, why the fuck not? Give them some cash and say, "Hey, when the when Billboard calls you up, just tell them, just tell them you sold a thousand, okay?" <laughs> uh, and the yep. guy's like, "Yeah, whatever. You know, I got my money. I got See, paid." That that seems wrong, right? Yeah, well, it's it. You know, it's. I guess it's fraudulent um it's it's a bit hard to trace because there's a few links in the chain there and yeah i'd say it's unethical i'd say it's deceitful yeah absolutely but back in the day when they had music stores like say sanity back in australia i remember those stores were everywhere with cds with different people on the front of them and yes it seems so Yesterday. <laughs> now it seems silly. What's the difference of saying, you know, here's, um, here's, a, here's a tip um, or, uh, you know, here's a, here's a bonus. No. Can I buy the front stand? Mm. Can I buy that, that front stand real estate and I want to put my, my CDs there? Yeah. Like, is that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that to be fraud. That's just like, uh, what, technical marketing? Marketing, yeah. Just basic marketing 101. I mean, that sounds reasonable. But uh, the, I'm sure they did that stuff like that as well. But then, you know, why, why not boost the numbers a little extra? Because it's only going to take, say, uh, for the first week, you know, like I said, the, the single's released on Thursday. The following Wednesday is when they're going to print, the, they tally the results and, and say which, uh, which single's at number one. Um, so it's just that, that first week you get that first push, um, spend your marketing budget, making record stores lie. And and then you're over the hump and people like, Oh, well, this is number one. I got to check that out. Um, I guess it's a simpler time. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, okay. To stretch that example further. Now they, I'm giving you my CDs Mm. and because they're for free, you're going to get a higher markup. And there's more incentive to sell. I mean, that's that's not giving them money, but I mean, it is in a different way. Price line. 
Manipulated the, the charts using those methods, and that was before sound scan. So sound scan is is like the the system that the music industry uses to track uh, which records are selling the best. Then uh, they they you know then this this article by Neil Strauss. This is back in 1996. He he describes how. Um, Before 1995, a single had never entered the pop charts in any of the top five positions in its first week of release. Last year, four singles had their debuts at number one. You Are Not Alone by Michael Jackson, blah, 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 some others that you probably weren't very long-lasting. Was the singles market suddenly stronger? No. Record companies were learning how to influence the charts. Actually, he does mention fantasy by Mariah Carey. Of course, that's notable because there's the the remix with Old Dirty Bastard rapping over it. That's <laughs> that's the only reason you would remember any of these songs. Uh, so the yeah. So the thing is, they they found new ways to game the system. So it's it talks about how they they might get um, clerks to double scan or triple scan the the records and things like that that's that's a few ways that they would do it yeah that's like any business though once you realize you're working inside a system and being able to in this case the music charts manipulate them so that you know you are popping up at instantly number one and that there's a good kickback for that then you're going to work the system that's, yeah. that's just that's just how it is but yeah, get it to number one then i guess the radio plays it for a bit you get it on video hits or rage or whatever um, MTV, whatever people watch. I think Rage still lives. I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. the other ones. <laughs> Video hits. But see, okay. I always thought the, the radio played like the top. You know, you got that radio station, so always playing top 20, top 40, yeah. whatever. Well, it's this kind of sick symbiotic relationship. Like, <laughs> like the radio can make the hit, the, the radio can play the hit. Uh, it depends, you know. It can go back and forth. But the radio needs to be fed the hit. <laughs> well, there's that as well. That's the next thing. So this is this is payola. And I remember I when when I had an interview with Juan Galt. I think it was episode fifty and or fifty. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'll put the link in the show notes. Fifty rings. Uh, well. <laughs> fifty or fifty fifty two because I, I had we had two interviews with him. Um, and yeah, I, I said to him something about. Payola, like cor- corruption in the music industry, and he asked, "What's payola?" Well, payola is when uh, a record company pays money to a DJ to to play a certain song. And he said, "You know, you know, uh, like that's not really bribery. You know, what what bribery really is is when you point a gun to someone's head and say, accept this money, or you might not wake up tomorrow.'" That that's really bribery, like Plato, Plomo, uh, Pablo Escobar style uh, in, intimidation tactics. I mean, that that is what you might call a real bribe. But this, I guess, you might accurate more accurately call it a, a marketing budget. 
because um, that's what you're doing. You're paying for paying for time on the radio. You pay pay uh, a, a DJ, you know, a few thousand dollars, and and he he lives well, and and he plays the record for a week, and that that uh, increases the sales, and then the 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 radio goes on and plays it some more times. Um, buying buying airtime, I don't shouldn't be uh, illegal. Yeah, or but it is. But it is, and it's been illegal since like the the '60s in the United States. Mm. It's it's illegal to pay DJs to to play a song, uh, and on the surface, it doesn't make sense because you're like, well, you know, it's it is just it's just paying someone to to play a, a you know a clip on their radio station. You can pay for advertising. Why can't you pay them to play music? Uh, and I think the reasons for this are uh, there, there are a few reasons why the record industry would actually want that to be legal. And one thing would be it, it acts as a barrier to entry. So what if there's a new independent label that comes out and it's got this great artist and it, uh, it wants people to hear it and it wants radio play so they can get people to hear it? Well, no, they can't do that. Um, or they can try, but they might get fined, they might get arrested. Um, depends on the, on the exact word of the law. And that's if you can play, because Paradise Records, our budget's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But see, that, that, that's, that's the thing. All yeah. those podcasts were releasing on vinyl. Um, uh, <laughs> that limits, limited print, <laughs> limited edition five vinyl print of, of uh, episode, whatever episode this is. <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> right. I, I, we need to. Yeah. But, so we're not getting that played on radio anytime soon. We can't afford it because yeah. it's like, what? Um, firstly, you need to pay for the advertising. Mm. Then if you get busted, there's like, you got to pay the fines or 10,000 a hit. Yeah. 10,000 fine um, and a year in jail. Yeah. Which is, no it, is that what it is? It's yeah. Year, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, Ten thousand dollars fine and a year in jail. Which all right? That's I mean, that's it was a lot of fun. It was brought in nineteen sixty, and no one has ever gone to jail yet. <laughs> uh, Universal has paid twelve million in fines. Sony ten million, and Warner has paid five million. There's a couple right. of others, but you know, the big players that is paying the fines is a cost of doing business. Yep. Yep. It's just part of the part of the budget. Yeah. Yeah, so that it, it means for them they can well. Sometimes they find ways around the law, like little loopholes where they can uh, they can pay DJs anyway, um, or you know put the put them on the payroll somehow, or get get a, a they they set up a, a third party kind of proxy publishing company. So that, that publishing company is the one that that pays the DJs and takes them out in limos and pays for the prostitutes and cocaine who, who knows um but the the bottom line is the majors can do that the independents can't uh and i guess it also is to to some extent it, it gives the the major labels this air of legitimacy because it's like hey we you know we do everything above board we wouldn't do anything illegal um, you know, payola is illegal, so obviously we wouldn't do it. Uh, and people think that, hey, the, you know, the music I listen to on the radio 
the music I like, I like because I like it. It's not because some radio DJ got paid off and and uh, is out there snorting uh, PCP off uh, off, uh, off off a prostitute's. Um, that's that, that wasn't a prostitute. That's yeah. the new secretary. Oh, okay, okay. She takes our calls. Right. But I just play the song every single morning between 8.30 and 9 for all those passengers heading to work in the morning. <laughs> the same top 10 every morning. That's just my <laughs> job. You know, what, what am I doing? What are, they, they pay me. I'm doing my service. People yep. enjoy the music. They, they chose it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's by popular demand. Well, not, not really. I mean, you get, <laughs> you get this stuff shoved in your face and then you want to hear more of it. It's kind of how it goes. So, yeah. Which, which song was it that you said um, has got exactly the same tune? Or all the, because many of these songs have the same, have the same yeah, tune. Yeah, so, so you, were, you were talking about, what's his name, Max Martin? Max, I think it's Max Martin. The yeah. name, name doesn't sound right. It sounds like a Hollywood name, Max Martin. <laughs> Hello. Right. Never trust a guy with two first names. My name is Max I'm, Martin. I'd have to check this, but I, I was thinking about um, certain big songs like Britney Spears. If you, you listen to these Britney Spears songs, uh, like Oops, I Did It Again, Not That Innocent, and you line up the melodies and you're like, well, hang on, the, the melody is pretty much the same and then you do you, you, you like cross-reference it with InSync or whatever and you notice that actually this uh, this guy has reused the, the melodies across three four five songs and then you know of course when you hear the new song and and you're like hey it's got a catchy melody yeah it's got a catchy melody you've already heard it a thousand times before and you love it <laughs> it's your yeah, favorite well, you know if it's if it worked once why not again and again and again and again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, with the video that, that I, I came across, and there's there's many videos. I mean, this isn't something that's like covered up or anything. People, mm. it's out there. People know that the there's writers that write the songs for the artists. Yeah. And it's the same writer. Once they work out, you know what what works. Um, I mean, apparently Max Martin's got like thirty number one hits and and more. Like the the list just goes forever mm. but max martin illuminati confirmed yeah i mean i only saw it on on the internet i don't know how i don't know how i can <laughs> confirm the internet that, that's that's what i found but <laughs> it's like what concerned me was this guy's only ever done two interviews right. worth like billions mm. uh, millions i don't know you, you can't pass a thousand dollars and you're rich right <laughs> in this economy yeah. And so he's doing well. He's making a lot of songs. He's obviously got friends, connections in the industry. Yep. And he just keeps doing his work, which is cool. But how come, um, well, I guess, you know, he's behind the scenes. It's no worries. Mm. But I just thought someone that successful mm. um, and has only ever done two interviews, I'm tempted to give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. So another thing we wanted to bring up and tie this in, in Mexico for a while, there was this unethical business practice called Tiendas de Raja, which you might, you might translate that as X stores or line stores. So what the, the practice was basically, in, you know, jump in because I might, I might, I might yeah, mess I'm this up. We, we put yeah. it in Google to see... 
Because we, we both had different ideas. Right. You put it in Google and it comes up with a well, company store or something. Yeah, that's what Google Translate said. But the, the, the literal translation is stores of, of line. Uh, and we, um, what, what used to happen was uh, the, the store owners or the farm owners, uh, they would contract these, these illiterate people um, normally in, indigenous people of Mexico, like Mayans and, and um, Huichol and other native people of Mesoamerica. And because they were illiterate, it would make it very easy to, to exploit these people. So they would say, okay, well, you know, you, you're going to work on my farm and, you know, you work 12 hours a day and we're, we're going to pay you a, a certain amount. Don't worry about exactly how how much it is because you know you can't you can't count up beyond simple arithmetic anyway i'm not going to so, confuse you just yeah. trust, trust my smile <laughs> i'll look after you my yep. son yeah so you, you go you come in you need these boots and you need this soap and you need a towel of course to, you know and you've got this accommodation so we can yep well, i'm assuming sure. they supply everything yeah, yeah, I think so. And for everything that they supplied, of course, they also charged. So the problem was, uh, a lot of the time, what would happen is these these illiterate, these or in, indigenous or you know uh, exploitable people ended up in debt from working at for the these uh, un, unscrupulous farmers. And this is kind of the, the a, a similar business model that you see. Uh, in the music industry, at least up till the till till the last couple of decades, it's may, maybe it's changed a little bit recently. Uh, but that's that's the kind of business model. Like, yeah, we're going to provide you this quarter million dollar advance, but we're going to charge you for everything. Uh, and for, fortunately for artists, I mean, normally they don't actually end up in debt. Um, that's not how the contract works. But they they might end up. With nothing, so essentially they might end up working for nothing, or working for pennies. Thirty-four cents an album. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 30, 34 cents an album before the advance. Uh, sorry, after the advance is paid off. So you know you have to sell a lot of records to to count up to a quarter million dollars. Well, to put fuel in the new Mercedes you just bought. Mm. You know, so I, I always see the the artists. You know, they're cruising around, or the, the paparazzi's are in their face, and you know, big house rental, mm. big car on finance. Mm. Had had enough of the down deposit. Don't want to don't want to give up all my upfront payment just yet because you know, got to wait for that thirty four cents to come in yeah. to cover the rest. And it always ends up. Well, I mean, four cents. If making, you're not making the big time, if you're not switched on to manage it, invest it well, then. Uh, you know, you end up on the news looking pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's see another another thing. Quickly, we can we can talk about. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, the reason why they can do the this is, what, this is what like how can someone be so confident in giving you? I just gave you half a million dollars. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like you know, the, the confidence to do that is because you have the system wrapped up. Like I already know that I can put you. You're going to be number one, man. You're going to the top. <laughs> it's no shit. I bought the system. I'm mean, payola in all that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I've got, I've got the charts. I've got the top forty. I've got the top radio stations, and yeah. they all come to my house for dinner. Yeah, yeah. So it's, for, it's wonderful. Well, 
And the other side is, well, yeah, I'm going to give you a, a quarter million dollars, but I'm going to charge you $150,000 for studio time, including producers and drum technicians and, and um, guitars, and I'm going to sell to you uh, and, and all of that stuff. So I, <laughs> I'm lending you this money, but I'm actually making a profit of, of everything you buy from me. <laughs> yeah. Trust us, we're the best. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we sign people like A, B, and C, as, as you walk in to sign your contract and you're seeing these big, I'm, I'm imagining, I, I haven't done it. But, you know, how, like, you know I, watched, I watched Entourage. I that show. And, you know, you go into the studio. I mean, if that's, I'm assuming that's, that's real, right? Because, yeah. You know, that, that's kind of, you know, the story behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, you're walking down the, the, the hall to the office, big chairs, big desk, and then, you know, you've got all the, the stars on the way and, like, a picture of you. Mm. At the end of the hall, like, you're next, man. <laughs> you're next. Number one. <laughs> so you just go and put your little raya. You sign your ex. You're not uh, going to read the contract, yeah, right? I forgot to explain. That's what <laughs> the line's thought. That's what the line is. The line is when you, when you mark your name because you're, you're illiterate, you put a line instead of a signature, or you, you know, just like you would put an ex. Like you came back to that. But yeah, just sign your name <laughs> at the bottom of the, the line there and you're not going to read it. Like, you know, you could be, yeah. you're, you're a Mayan now. You're an Indian. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. You're a musician and you're illiterate about the way things work. And, you know, even if you get a lawyer in, well, of course, you're going to have to pay the lawyer thousands of dollars to, to check your contract. And, and uh, you know, who knows, the lawyers might be in, in on the little scam anyway. Um and and uh, you have to trust. You have to have a lot of trust in your lawyer. Who knows if he's incompetent? Because the the contract they've handed you is gobbledygook, legalese, barely English. Actually, it's a, you know, it's a, some some people actually say legalese is is a language separate from English. So it appears they present you certain words. They seem to be English words. Actually, they have another meaning in legalese. So. Legalese. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's no, cool le- because... Legal land. You know, sometimes, yeah, I don't know time. If, uh, if I'm speaking the same language. Usually I'm not. But I can imagine someone that's got a objective can put words in there that can be perceived different ways mm-hmm. or interpreted differently. And you're just signing away. Yep. Mark, mark your X. So, yeah. Then... Yeah, there's an interesting article on RT about how fake the, the music industry is and they go into the, the details of auto-tune and, and lip-syncing, how, uh, like, you get these big acts like Madonna or Britney Spears and they come out and just from start to finish, it's all lip-synced and they, they say that actually it's... Like even if the the band decides to go off stage for for one song, there's absolutely no change in <laughs> in the the quality or the production or the sound that's that's going on there. It still sounds like a studio album. Uh, I think, but that's practiced so much recently, yeah. and I say recently, like the last could be ten years. Um, like it's a normal it's a normal business act in music. Yeah, well, you know, even say back in back in the nineties, uh, Nirvana got invited on top of the pops, and of course, on on top of the pops, 
lip synced. It's it's always been lip synced. It's uh, they they never actually get bands to play live on there or to re- to record this their songs live. It's all it's always just a studio version with them, you know, pretending to play the guitar. So when uh, what happened was. Kurt was like, well, all right, we'll do, you know, we'll do the lip syncing, miming, the fake guitar playing thing. But just the one thing I want to sing. um, So you're going to play my real vocals. And of course, he came came out and he's like, Lord of all drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think think that was Jim Morrison's fault. You've seen seen in the movie how they're telling him what to say, what words to use. Can we change these words in the song? Oh, and, he, right. and he's like right in the camera and just belting out his his words. <laughs> like I'm gonna say it. Um, I can't remember what it was. He, could, he couldn't say couldn't get much higher, but right. instead he wanted to change it to something else. Yeah, yeah but it, it doesn't make sense. It didn't have flow. It was like <laughs> impossible. But he did it anyway. Right. The, the thing is, I I can't believe how it's kind of accepted. Like it's it's been done forever. There's, there's no worries. Like lip sync away. Yeah. So, um, a long time, yeah, and you know, but, live performances didn't really exist on on television for a long time. And you can see these these funny looking videos of like Jethro Tull singing and playing the flute and being overly exaggerated because you know he doesn't actually have to make sure the notes are right anyway. <laughs> it's it must be hard lip syncing. That, 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 that nervous. <laughs> Not as hard as actually singing <laughs> well, what happens if you can't actually sing <laughs> yeah well, like that's, if that's the whole the thing's thing. just produced yeah like yeah like the time bart simpson got into his boy band with nelson and ralph and who's the, who's the other one have you seen the episode i think so yeah. yeah i mean i'm going back a little bit but you know i think the industry knew like it's it's produced and it's it's rubbish mm. there's, there's no actual uh performance skill right everything's just produced and product wrapped up nice and, mm. and sold out and you know i mean the, the writers of the simpsons thought it was funny enough to write to make a, a show about it mm. you know to put an episode and just let it all out there like this is what it's really like but even even if it's there in your face it's like this is what this is what this is one example mm. it's hard to to take that example and actually think about it and accept it like this is the whole industry so I'm still struggling with it, and I've been I've been here studying this, like looking at it, going, yeah, well, I mean, they're they're not my, that's not my music, mm. so I didn't really notice. But last night I was at a friend's house, and they I don't watch TV, but they had the TV going, you know, normal house, um, and it was like the the Mexican version of um, well, the Mexican Idol was on, like a, a show. Young boys are coming on, and they're they're singing competition to see who can get through the next round. Mm. Um, and I'm not an expert on sound, but it was very obvious that there was a difference in the sound mm. quality or, I mean, what, or the, like the, um, the timbre. I, I don't know, but some sound seemed sharper, right? like, you know, between the lows and the highs, there was definitely like a range difference. Like every uh-huh. single singer had. Like the music was it was being produced different, like the uh, like the, the background effect, or like you know, oh no, the speed, the speed between, like some just flowed really well, and it was more than just their their singing, because I'm starting to question whether any of them could sing. 
they're, they're just young guys, you know what I mean? Possibly not. And it's yeah. prime time I mean, they can, they can probably sing to some extent, but then you put them, put them on there and like, all right, we don't want any fuck up. So you get the auto tune or you get the pre-recorded version played over it. So, you know, why not? But that's where it got really obvious, where one guy obviously wasn't going to get through. You know, he wasn't as, as um, TV ready, let's say, or mm. Photoshop-able enough. Like, mm. you know, he was, a, he was a little shorter than the other guys. He was a little bit more um, Oaxaca. He looked a little more native than the other, like, mixed, um, mm. mixed race type. You know, people look interesting. You know, sometimes you get, like, a, a Eurasian yeah. or something. It's like, it's like a, there's a different look there. I can market you where, you know, someone that was uh, dragged out of the, the Tianguis that's got his stall down the road here. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to sell this guy. You know what I mean? He's just, he's just not TV ready. Right. I think I just made that up. But he didn't have any help with his singing. Right. right. I could, right. It was obvious. And, uh, you know, he crashed and burned. Yeah. So and then, then I'm thinking, I, only, I was only looking for that because we've been looking at what we've been looking at. Mm. So, like, once you click that mind to think what's real, what isn't real, you realize it's all manipulated. Mm. Mm. yeah well that's another part of this kind of racist narrative i guess like convincing young black boys in america to to pick up guns and sell drugs or whatever they need to do uh because uh nwa told them told them it was cool or something like that <laughs> Tell me it's not cool it, it's it's very cool very gangster <laughs> cool <laughs> I mean, that, that's got a whole world effect. And mm. How are we looking? I mean, that's, that's got a whole a whole world effect. Yeah, we like I, I know the um. Well, it's I, I haven't. Even, have you seen pictures of like policemen here in Mexico holding their their rifles and shotguns and stuff like on Facebook? Like, uh, like you know, I'm I'm cool. I've got a shotgun. No, no, I haven't seen that. Uh, maybe maybe just. Oh, hang on. You're talking about like El, El Chapito and. Uh, well, you know, whether, whether the narcos or police, I mean, different gangs, same, okay. same, yeah. same guns. <laughs> right? I, yeah. yeah, yeah, different, different, you know, different costumes, but yeah. same, same shit. One, one, uh, one side gets paid a little better, depending on your, <laughs> depending yeah. on your, uh, your, your place in the hierarchical chart. Because webos. <laughs> Depending on your webos, <laughs> um, bigger so, webos, bigger paycheck. That's my motto. <laughs> but the same things happening here in Mexico, like mm. the, the whole um, banda, mm. like that, that, that kind of northern country music. It's all yep. it's all paid for by um, right, by narco corridos groups of um, businessmen with uh, interesting um, products. Yeah, with very interesting. Curriculum vitae as well, yeah. But it's the same thing. They they own the the music industry in in Mexico, Banda, and you know every uh, every season there's another number one singer that gets knocked off the chart, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Didn't pay your studio time. Didn't return my car. That was <laughs> my house that you shot the video clip at, and you shouldn't have slept with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't know like 
uh, bands that play Norteño music get laid so much. <laughs> you, you've opened my eyes. You wouldn't think so. Usually they're overweight. <laughs> well, playing not, not at, playing at weddings, you know, I guess it's a lot of bridesmaids need some loving. I'm talking at the top 10. <laughs> top 10 groups. Okay. It's always the top charts. So I guess the moral of the story is well, I, you know, I used to have a teacher at TAFE when I was studying sound engineering. His name was Mark Tenson. He was a, uh, a guy in, in Newcastle who was, who was um, a member of a few, like, semi-famous bands around that, uh, around that area, like Rabbit and Bluegrass, and he's also a producer. And he said to us, so, students, remember, who are record labels? And we said, I don't know. He said, record labels are the devil. So that's that was, you know, the important thing from that class. <laughs> then that was like a, you know, running theme. Uh, so that's what, that's what I learned from my sound engineering uh, certificate. And, the, you know, now that knowledge is being passed on to you. So you know not to trust any record labels. <laughs> and me. That's what I learned today. <laughs> Don't trust Aaron either. <laughs> unless, oh, I, you unless I smile, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're wearing a suit. And okay. Yeah. So, of course, you know, around the, around the 90s and 2000s, shit started to change a little bit with the internet. And that's, that's what we'll get into next time, how, how stuff is moving through, you know, post-internet age and, and uh, post-blockchain age perhaps post mp3 age how things uh how things are changing how the the record labels are trying to keep up or you know what kind of new changes are going to be happening in the future so my name's kurt robinson my name's aaron battle so you can hit me up on twitter i'm at trouble bubble and i'm at battle az yep can you spell that yeah it's uh, b <laughs> B grande, B A double T L E. Yep. A Y Z E E. Cool. Yeah. They can they can catch you on there now that now that they're literate, they know how to spell. Uh, so head on to Facebook, press like on Facebook, hover over the, the like button, press get notifications so you get those notifications coming up in that little world symbol that represents the world and also represents the paradise paradox. And jump onto YouTube, press subscribe, press like on YouTube. Uh, jump onto Pocket Casts and subscribe on there, Podcast Addict or iTunes, leave a review on iTunes and uh, jump on to theparadiseparadox.com so you can see up the top you have a few options to help us out. If you want to help, if you want to lend us a helping hand, give us some aid. We're starving Mexicans with, uh, with very little chance of surviving through the night unless... You give us a few bitcoins. That's not really true, but we, we would appreciate it. We put a lot of effort into this. We're trying to make something good for you guys. So head on over to donate.theparadiseparanox.com and you can chip in a little bit there. Uh, cooperate. That's what they <laughs> that's what they say in Mexico. Can, do you want to cooperate? <laughs> or oh, it sounds no, like a threat. <laughs> You're involved. It's uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so give us a little tip there. Bitcoin, altcoin, PayPal, 
anything you want to do you can send us your your used underwear um if you're a cute girl i guess that's that's another way to help us out help help me out help me get through those lonely nights aaron doesn't need that he has uh he's a, he has a constant supply of soiled underwear from his wife so that's it. Keep, keep that in mind or if you're a male i'm a medium all oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wash it okay. for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Don't it's the, read the, into the kinky. That. Uh, and what else? There's uh, on on You're the paradise. About, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna what, go uh, okay. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. Well, um, what what we do is there's a link at the top of our page. You can yeah. click through to it. Hmm. And you're just at a normal Amazon page. You can do a little window shopping or you can actually do some shopping. And by going through that link, we actually get a little bit of commission, yeah. little little change gets chipped our way um, for, for your business on Amazon. So Amazon wins, you win because you bought something cool, um, and we win because everybody wins. We get a little crumbs. Yep. That's good. I don't know. What, what would you buy on Amazon? Um, maybe... Uh, the KLF's book about how to make a, a top number one hit. Uh, that was a pretty good book. <laughs> I'll put the link in the in the show notes. They sell everything on Amazon. <laughs> I, I found what was that book I, I found a little while ago. Um, I, I haven't got it here, but you know I'll put a link in there. It's the frequency. The, the the music the music four forty you know four thirty two hertz uh, okay something okay. else so four forty what he's trying to say yes. ladies and gentlemen is that uh, the the four hundred and forty hertz frequency of, of music that most regular music is tuned to is actually poisoning your brains by uh, an anarchy illuminati conspiracy and four twenty two is actually a much more harmonic symphonic pleasing to the ear frequency so uh, oh we'll, we'll talk about that another time i'll bring it up later <laughs> but um that's that's what i'm buying amazon right now okay okay it's this like, uh, this book about a a440 okay sounds good uh <laughs> so maybe you want to go on onto amazon and buy michael jackson's greatest hits michael jackson bad bad back in no Bad, bad. Michael Jackson beat it. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the Steve Albini's uh, books. If he wrote books, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Nirvana, Nirvana in Utero. That would, that's an option. So <laughs> that's a, that's a few things you could go on there and buy. Uh, and what else? I don't, I don't know. I'm at the end of my tether. Okay. I don't know, I don't no, just just to wrap say. up with Amazon. Yeah, you're at home and you're comfortable. You don't need to go out to shop. Yeah, so check out Amazon. Cool. Okay, that's good all. idea. That's all. All right. We'll, we'll see you next time. Keep shifting. Peace. Peace.